the Cape Cod Fun Show. It's the show that's all about having fun in the most beautiful place on earth, Cape Cod, USA. My name is Eric Williams and Mung is here. Paul is here. Hello. hello. Oh, and we have an action-packed show for you today because it is an action-packed weekend fall on Cape Cod. It doesn't get any better than that. And there's a ton of stuff to do. Let's get right into it with the all-important Cape and Islands weather forecast. It looks dandy for Saturday, partly sunny with a high near 59. And Sunday, sunny with a high near 60. Perfect fall weather this weekend. Curiously enough, it's going to get down to 46 on Saturday night. So watch out. Time to put on those footy pajamas, Mung. (laughs) I might need a comforter. Oh, boy. You can depend on us. Let's check the tides. Always important to know when you're gallivanting around Cape Cod because we are surrounded by ocean. And the tides, powered by the moon and other things we don't quite understand, seem to suck it out, the ocean, and push it back in. Salty, strange, what an adventure. For Saturday, we have a high tide around 3 o'clock, and then on Sunday, high tide around 4 o'clock afternoon high tides. That means early morning low tides to get out there and check out the beautiful beaches we have here on Cape Cod. And swimming is now diminishing. Now it's heading down. Now only the brave go, and I think we're just about done, Mung, or what do you say? Oh, I'm loving fall now, but I'm kind of in a mourning period. Um, because I'm mourning the lack of swimming because I've I've done my last swim of the year and it's really sad. It can't be true. Uh, it is true. It was just uh, just yesterday. I was in Joshua's Pond in Osterville, which was delightful, but again, super cold. My foot was almost freezing. I was only in for about 10 minutes. It was glorious. And I went down to Dowsis Beach to see if the south side was warmer on the ocean. Nope, even colder. And then I was like, this may be it for Hmong swimming season. So I'm ringing a gong. Never say never. I mean, I think, you know, I went on Sunday, went to Long Pond in Wellfleet, and of course, they've taken out the swimming dock, the raft out there that you can jump off of and do cannonballs and jackknives and all those great dives. But there's this sort of floaty green ball that holds its place in the offseason. And I, I swam out there and I sat on it for about 20 minutes and just kept spinning round and round the empty pond. But then some people came down and some kids went swimming. At one point, there were like five of us in the water. Whoa. And I say, I'm not going to give up yet. I think there still might be swims to come. How about you, Paul? You know, it's for me, it's a double whammy because when the water gets cold, not only is it not swimming, but uh, that's the end of boating season. I, I don't have a mooring, so I have to launch my boat every time. And that means being waist deep in the water. And when it gets chilly willy, oh, it's just miserable. But I will say that if you do have a mooring or if you have someone even better that can pick you up at a dock, this is the best time to be on the water because cruising around wherever you are, as long as the water is pretty calm, um, leaf peeping from the water, hard to beat. So it's it's good to be huh, out there. But that's my an boat, intriguing yeah, twist. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Ooh, that's a view not a lot of people get too often. Tell us about it. That's right. Well, I mean, yeah, I live in Katuit, so we have the three bays. And uh, just this past weekend, I went with 
uh, my British buddy, and he had two British college buddies come. It was like a, a scene out of the office, um, except aquatic. And we <laughs> and we cruise the three bays, leaf peeping. It's a little early still, but um, but man, it just you know the color pops. A nice crisp uh, afternoon out on a boat, cruising around, maybe tipping a couple frosty drinks as you go. Um, really, that's that's a pretty cool way. And you don't have to walk and risk stepping on a rotten apple. So that's a pretty good way to leave people. This is a wow. new Mung, yeah. You and I have been yeah. foliage crazy for many years. We have. We and have. We have never thought about this aquatic way of seeing foliage. Foliage from the water. Brilliant. I, I can recall one time we were out there looking for the most beautiful tree on Cape Cod. And for some reason, it was behind the Greenbrier Nature Center in Sandwich. And some guy lent us his canoe. And I got into the pond out in the back. And I went back and indeed... There's a crimson delight just waiting for me, but that's the only time I've done that. Hmm, this could make us rival Vermont and New Hampshire and all those other popsicle places where they've already had a hard frost. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Centerville River. Uh, I want to get my kayak out and just scoot down the Centerville River, look at the fancy houses, look at the nice leaves. It's going to be a nice trip. That might be this weekend. We have discovered something new here on the Cape Cod Fun Show. Foliage. Cape Cod style. You know, fellas, this is one of the biggest sort of party weekends on Cape Cod, as far as I can tell. And we start off with one of the signature events, one of the craziest events on Cape Cod. That, of course, is the Wellfleet Oyster Fest, which is taking place Saturday and a Sunday. That's the 13th and 14th of October in the beautiful town of Wellfleet, uh, my town where I live. I live downtown and... It is a crazy scene as about 20,000 people over two days just descend on this tiny, tasty town and go crazy, slurping oysters, drinking beer, laughing, yelling. Amazingly, they're pretty well behaved, (laughs) but it is quite a spectacle. And if you love oysters, it's pretty much the center of the universe for two days anyway. And the oysters are good the rest of the year, too, but... uh, I am looking forward to it with some trepidation, as it is a bit of a an insane Woodstock of bivalves that just unfurls <laughs> in my little town. I don't know if you guys have been up there or... Uh, oh, yes. And before we tell you about our adventures up there, you you all have to listen to Eric, because yes. he's been the MC of the Oyster yes. Fest since oysters were invented. <laughs> That's right. There. We didn't have them. Back in the day, Like the slimy pot grew outside the shell. And then one day we thought, what if we put it in like a little jewelry box? <laughs> and that's where the oyster shell came in. For years, we, we had to encourage them to produce that way, and finally they do it naturally now. No, I am see the shucking contest, which runs both Saturday and Sunday, 1 to 3 p.m. We do the preliminary round on Saturday, and then the true gladiators take to the stage on Sunday. And it is quite a sight and quite a thing to behold, because these men and women are powerful people with just big Popeye forearms and technique and prowess and finesse. And in they go, and they'll shuck 24 oysters in maybe three minutes, maybe less. But then these persnickety judges come in, and they're like, oh, no, there's a little shell in the meat. No, <laughs> the meat's hanging off the shell just a little bit. Oh, there's blood in the in the meat. That's not good. Or you just flipped an oyster out into an audience member who's wearing it like <laughs> they're at a Gallagher concert. <laughs> so it is this thing that when it started was an informal, how fast can you shuck oysters that has been transformed by this competition and other ones around the country and the world into a very official 
persnickety speed and beauty thing. You can chuck them fast, but if you can't lay them down pretty, you're not going to get a good score. So it's a combination of those two things. And plus, there's a free keg behind the stage. <laughs> yeah, I love I, it's on my bucket list. I've seen videos of you in action, and, and I love the contestants, guys like with names like Chopper and Minky, and women <laughs> named Haggis. And they're, they're all just up there with their big ham hands and sausage fingers and their little shucking knife, just jamming it in and flipping it open. It looks like the Coney Island hot dog contest, except much brinier. Oh, uh, man. Here, I mean, uh, I've seen I've seen people plunge that thing yeah, into their hand, the yikes. shucker into their hand. I've seen blood spray yeah. over a bunch of oysters, yeah. just people screaming, horrified. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite a, a, a peculiar and wonderful uh, spectacle. And this year, there is the possibility of a three-peat Steve Barine out of Newport, Rhode Island. Shucka Steve, S-H-U-C-K-A. That's his nickname in the shucking world. He's coming back and trying to make it three in a row. As far as I can recall, no one has ever done it. I mean, the first lady of shucking, of course, Barbara Austin of Wellfleet, has done it two times in a row a few years back. But Steve Marine is this young, hotshot firecracker out of Newport. Wow. And at first, everyone was like, we got to hate this guy. <laughs> He's not from the Cape. Outside He's not from of. Wealthy. That's right. He's an outsider there, boy. That's right. And he came in. He was so G-shucks, G all whatever. Wicked nice guy. He's in his early 20, 24, 25 now. You couldn't hate the guy. You wow. wanted to hate the guy. But Shucka Steve was just so amazing. And so fast. All I can think of is that Chopper comes out of uh, retirement. Chopper's never done it three times? No, Chopper's done He's won several times, but sometimes he doesn't compete. Maybe just to sort of save the other folks and give someone else a chance because he is one of the best in the world. Maybe he'll come out and take on Chuck Steve, who is unbelievable because he spends his life shucking thousands of oysters down there in Newport. And that's the crazy thing about this, too, the shucking competition. These guys and gals are working their booths where they make some big money. Uh, a lot of them are, have grants or access to grants. And so this is their big chance to make a ton of money. And they're out shucking oysters all day long. Then they come up to the stage in the competition. 24, that's nothing. But that's where the, re the real speed and, and finesse comes in. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's a beery crowd, but it's a friendly beery crowd. And this just seems to be that... Beery time of year, Mung. I know you love beer. Love it. You don't love beer. No, no, I'm not a, a friend of lagers. So. Thank God you're here, Paul. Yeah, we, we outnumber you now. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Let's keep on the beer train, shall we? Because maybe the biggest beer fest of all on Cape Cod, anyway, is taking place this weekend. It's on Saturday, October 11th. At the Cape Cod Fairgrounds, of course, we're talking about the Cape Cod Brew Fest. Join us for this celebration of American craft brewers and sample from 100-plus breweries and over 300 styles of beer. It runs from 2 to 5.30 p.m. All beverage samples included in the ticket, as well as live music and access to food vendors. So this looks like uh, at the gate... It's a $60 at the gate. That's a, that's a fairly high admission, but you're getting 
beer for free after that. Paul, it sounds like you know a little bit more about this event. Yeah, it's basically the uh, the uh, Wellfleet Oyster Fest without the oysters. Who needs them? <laughs> um, essentially, you could just skip right skip right uh, past the shucking and directly to your kegs of beer. Um, it's it's all sorts of beer from all over the place. You know, local craft breweries, off Cape craft breweries. They they all come. They give you the, your little glass, and you can have between one and 300,000 glasses of beer <laughs> in, in a few hours. So you could easily drink your weight in $60 beer easily. You know, last year it was both cold and rainy. And it's so funny because they're posting these promo photos from last year's event. And they have these clusters of people gathered together for warmth and, you know, with trash bags that are ripped and pulled over their heads to stay dry. And yet they look bleary eyed and absolutely thrilled to death. So a weekend like this, which is going to be little cool but you know uh, still nice and dry it's probably the perfect weekend to go there probably not the perfect weekend to drive by it because uh you know you may want to stay well off the road and encourage do, those people to uber they do offer a designated driver ticket for 15 dollars, which gets you a sort of custom pint glass and some snacks mm. and so you can go as a designated driver and just not drink and somehow help your buddies out there i would you you win the prize if you show up at, at that event and and are the designated driver best to you know hire the ukrainian uber driver to take you back to wherever you live <laughs> and you can have a little nonsensical conversation with him or her on the way back and be safe and i snug. like beer do you yeah. like beer yeah, i had three hours <laughs> No, but it's a lot of fun, and uh, and, and people should check it out. It's, it's going to be nice at the fairgrounds. Yeah, yeah. What a, I mean, 60 degrees and sunny or something like that? That sounds perfect I for think Drown the beer. Clown is still there. No. <laughs> so you can just go no. up and right. fair, right. he's like, high and dry. You're like, I'll get you now, Just reach clown. up and push the button exactly. with your hand. Exactly. There's no need to throw anything. Yeah, sorry, Clown. Let's settle this once and for all. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds nice. If I wasn't stapled to Oysterfest, right. I would get down there. There's nothing like drinking beer in the fall. Unless you go to Sandwich and you're Mung and you don't drink beer. No. And what the heck can you do in Sandwich Mung? Let's not even go into this report. Oh, no, what? no. What? Sandwich is hot. Yeah, Sandwich is the place to yeah, be, man. Sandwich. Yeah, you can get a hot sandwich. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, no, the- unfortunately, the beer fest sounds great. I- I'll wait for La Pina Colada Festival. Uh. But in the meantime, you can have a delightful fall adventure in Sandwich. I just went down there on a random day. Um, it was a beautiful day just a couple days ago, and I wanted to hit up some things that I've always wanted to, to go to, including delicious burgers. And uh, But let's start at the beginning of my adventure, because it dovetails into what we were talking about a little earlier about foliage. I went to the Thornton Burgess Society, the Greenbrier Nature Center, to check out some early foliage, because that's one of the best places on the Cape to get some really good foliage in the yeah, start of the that? season. Yeah, it's Indian Spring Road, right? The one yeah, that yeah. Right Indian by Spring the side Road. there. Oh, man, For it's so nice. For some reason, it's like weirdly beautiful. It's in like a great foliage pocket that you wouldn't even think about. So I did go there, and I was able to snap a photo on my brand new iPhone Max oh, here we go. super resolution mm-hmm. camera I knew of, where a, we were going of here. a leaf that was green, but half it's turning to red. So it's kind of like a, a super villain of leaves. It's oh, like Two Face. You mean like it's foliage? It is like foliage. This you sure it wasn't a selfie? You <laughs> didn't have it turned around? <laughs> a leaf green turning red. Oh, oh, my are you sure this whole thing of you going to sandwich isn't an ad for your new iPhone? <laughs> da, da, da. Takes good pictures oh, of foliage. So this is what it was all so about. That was You've been waving s- that thing in everyone's <laughs> face ever since you got it. Well, it's hard not to, uh, to, to get it out of a face because it's the size of a head. What kind of iPhone is it again? It's got to be a the 4. The iPhone Max. 10 Max. 
Super baby. So got some really nice foliage. I thank the lovely folks in the jam kitchen for letting me on their grounds to take some foliage. Oh, it's that guy and with the new iPhone again. <laughs> Run! You take a photo of a cat and it looks like the size of the MGM lion, right? Run! <laughs> Oh, uh, this phone man. is powerful. So, of course, when you're having iPhone adventures with foliage, you get hungry. Yes. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm in Sandwich. And this is the the north side of Sandwich. This is 6A in Sandwich. I didn't go deep into the interior. I was like, I can get everything I want done on this Sandwich adventure. It took me about three hours in town. Uh, so, I, want, I went to a place where I've always wanted to go to all summer that I haven't been able to go to. This is called Next Door Burger Bar in Sandwich. Hmm. This is on uh, Jarvis Street. And this is right next door to the Belfry, that uh, oh boy. that delicious uh, That's nice uh, restaurant there. there. Yeah, beautiful. So, but they uh, next uh, the uh, next door burger bar clearly focuses on this delicious cow meat that they put into a burger, and it was huh. to die for. Let me just read you a little bit. It about- doesn't sound good when you say cow meat like <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> that takes unless it's right, cheese. Listen to this. You guys are gonna get hungry. <laughs> let me let me listen, let me read this off. Ready? Because they do it right here for burgers. All of our burgers come with a kosher dill pickle, your choice of veggie fries, waffle fries, or sweet potato fries. They're served locally on brioche bun that is made locally. They use fresh ground chuck and a short rib blend, so they they blend it themselves, yeah, which is good. awesome. Did you take a picture of that? Uh, <laughs> I didn't because I just looks devoured like the it too, too quickly. <laughs> He's everything being ground yeah. up. Oh my goodness! Smile, Every, please. Everything is hormone antibiotic free. It was so fresh, so delightful. Unfortunately, Mug Mung is a a plain burger person, so I just had it with some Vermont cheddar. But they've got some really interesting ones. Um, like the Butcher's Burger, which is an eight-ounce burger with blue cheese, shaved prosciutto, sunny-side egg, tomato, arugula, black pepper mayo on toasted brioche. They got, like, it seems like uh, a dozen varieties of burgers, and I was so happy. I was so satisfied that I just kind of wanted to go into a food coma. Now, is it one of those giant burgers where you have to unhinge your jaw like a snake? It was a that, big you boy. You know, that kind of bothers yeah, me yeah, sometimes. You have, to, you have to unhinge, because even though I had it plain, it was still a sizable burger, but, I, it, you know, pink on the inside it was just heavenly and they are only closing like one month out of the year so technically for the most part they are a a year-round business well that sounds like a nice burger adventure in beautiful sandwich so you were in downtown sandwich in downtown sandwich which is an exquisite downtown on cape cod uh there was a little fest like an arts and crafts festival over near the library it was just a perfect day and of course once you have burgers you have to have some dessert or something it just keeps going here afterward yeah there's no reason why not no reason why not we're in the in the food zone here so i went to uh, three places that have homemade baked goods that i don't think i've been to in three a long time. places yes yeah, three places so you, it's like so you're trick-or-treating three exactly desserts. that's like, a yeah one burger three desserts Good. and i'll just i'll just quickly mention them because i know Is we got a movie film <laughs> the, the first place i went to was called the deli which is just a perfect name because you know that doesn't they're, sound too deserty you had they're a deli um, I had a delicious I'll ham. have the corned beef dessert. A ham pie. <laughs> but no, as soon as I walked in there, they saw me like go towards like the regular candy, like the nut, you know, the uh, Reese's, and they were like, do you want a snack? And I was like, I guess I kind of <laughs> do want a snack. Oh, and then they immediately pointed they, me over to this. outreach program is really <laughs> right. nice. They, point, they were like, no, 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 you want some homemade snacks. They pointed me over to this case that had all sorts of like they push you into a back room and homemade things and <laughs> cakes and things. And I had this brownie. It was like a peanut butter 
peanut butter brownie that was just so good, so to die for. So they're making sandwiches from their deli meats. They're directing me to delicious homemade things that are made there, and it was just so good. So that's dessert one. Dessert one at the deli. Love the simple name. Then I went down the street to the Marshland, which is a delicious okay. comfort. Is someone food, huh? pushing you in a wheelbarrow <laughs> at this, this point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like li- I'm like limping along because I barely have any room left in me. But I needed another dessert, so I went to the Marshland, which is like a cool like diner, old school place. Have you been to the Marshland? Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, breakfast. So it, they have a restaurant, but then they also have a uh, baked goods section where they have all sorts of interesting like muffins and cool breakfast goods, but also cakes and pies. Pie. I saw like blueberry pies slices. So over there, I got some sort of pecan bar. I'm a huge pecan fan. So I had to save that for later. Bring it back to the Hmong household. Oh, good, good. Yes, yes. yes. But so, you did get the third dessert. I did. So, so you're like a magpie I did get, of desserts I did now. get a third dessert. Gathering glittering dessert objects. Exactly. Because of course I had to go, you can't leave sandwich uh, without going to Best Specialties. Oh, I gotta and agree they with have, that. also have tons of fresh baked yeah, things. Yeah, that's a lovely and place. And I obviously went for their uh, legendary chocolate chip cookies. So again, snatching some, uh, stashing some snacks for later on uh, a triple bakery visit. It was amazing. And at that point, you were so hungry, you went to Father's too and got another burger. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted, like, oh yeah, Father's exhausted by his dessert yes. safari. And but no, I did have to walk it off. So for the first time since it was rebuilt, I went to the sandwich boardwalk, oh. walked down. It was packed, tons of people. Gorgeous Sunday in some kind of food coma. Oh, look at that <laughs> long I know. I, I almost rolled off the boardwalk. Oh, they had to sad. rescue me. <laughs> Uh, wow! But yeah, it was such an awesome adventure. Food, but, uh, nature. I went. I went to you know where it spits you out at Town Neck Beach. So it was nice to see the bay. Awesomely rebuilt boardwalk. If you guys haven't been down there since they rebuilt it after the storms, I say get down there. It was, it was just perfect. I now have this image in my head of the IFA uh, whale rescuers <laughs> with a big net around, right. you know, a, a no. rolling around. He, Mung, he's had too many snacks. Right at the rack lines, like oh my god, he had his third dessert. He says he wants a hermit. Out. Push him out to sea. He'll be fine. No, it's too chilly. Yeah, so great baked goods in Sandwich if you're ever down there. That sounds like an incredible uh, hour in Sandwich. (laughs) Good thing you took that one photo of a leaf, which gave you the excuse to go to all these places. What a phone, man. That phone's amazing. (laughs) Wow. All right, uh, moving on here. I just have to mention this uh, very quickly. Uh, You folks know that I reported last week on my first foray into the world of pickleball. And I was just full of joy uh, down at the Wellfleet Courts. Went late in the day so we didn't have to pay. That's my way. And my wife and I, the fabulous wife person, we had a great time. We went back down this past weekend and we had some competitive matches and we were leaving. And then another couple came in and started playing. And then as we were about to go, one of them says, you want to play? What? And so this all of a sudden took our pure pickleball joy experience into what pickleball might really be, which is persnickety rule keepers who told us immediately that our equipment wasn't right and would want to get the expensive balls and rackets and then proceeded to take us out on the court and school us. Whoa. And they were kind of not too young. And it makes me think there's a world of rule-keeping sort of persnickety pickleball people who are indeed pickleball sourpusses. So I'm just going to reserve judgment on pickleball, but it is sweeping the cape, and it is fun. But I just wonder what really goes on in those pickleball leagues. If you see the cotton tops coming toward the court holding their little paddles, run. 
What's, because... a, what's a cotton top, Paul? Oh, that would be one of our many uh, seniors here on <laughs> Cape Cod. Um, who I, re- I remember this distinctly going down. They all, of course, are snowbirds, and they go to Florida in the winter. And I remember going, and my parents are among them. I remember going to visit them one time, and my father said, we'll wait for you when you get off the plane in Fort Myers. Great. Get off the plane, walk, and there was a sea of my father. A million different people with those baked bean brown faces and cotton top heads <laughs> waving expectantly at their many, many children and grandchildren. So you just go plane. home with one of I'm them. Like, it doesn't really whichever, matter. Whichever one looks like they got the best car, and just condo. get in and off you go. Del Boca Vista too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't know. So I'm a little scared about pickleball. I don't know if I want to be swept up into a league. Uh, I think it might be tougher than I thought. And then uh, these people said, Oh, there's a lot of good pickleball players in Wellfleet, and that means there's an army of senior citizens waiting to just crush me. Oh, well. Stick with the bocce. What's that, Mung? Well, speaking about sports, I'm glad you guys segued into this because we have uh, a quick recommendation. We've got some Boston sports teams uh, doing pretty well. We've got the Red Sox and the ALCS. We've got a big Patriots game against the Chiefs coming up, and we thought we'd throw out a recommendation or two of uh, a place on the Cape to watch the big games that coming up. There are a bunch um, of good yes, games it's, coming. It's sports, uh, it's sports time. So I'm thinking, um, clearly you have to start at Dino Sports Bar in Mashpee as one of uh, uh, the favorites. They've got a gargantuan right. TV. It seems like the, ho- the size of a house. So it's like a whole wall-sized TV there and tons of other ones. And this place is packed. Other good ones, you know, Red Face Jacks in Yarmouth. Lots of good sports spirit there. Any uh, favorites, Paul, about where you can watch a big sports game? You know, uh, I was... What's the place right here on North Street in Hyannis that used to be the steakhouse? It's, oh, it's the, port, new, the, the port side. Port side. Yes. That, because they have these great big TVs, two stories. Lots of space good, there. Yeah. yeah. Good, good food. Good, good bar, so good that, food. Good, good Yeah, if you want to stick watch. around Hyannis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. I got to go to the bomb shelter in Wellfleet because uh, I can walk home from it, but also because there is real sports camaraderie there. And this goes back. I was there covering for the newspaper the... 2004 series Yankees-Red Sox. ALCS. Right, and so that was the one they were down 3-0 and roared back in this crazy thing. So I was in the bomb shelter when Johnny Damon hit a grand slam in Game 7, which pretty much sealed it. Mm -hmm. And the effervescent joy of that moment among my new friends uh, has lived with me to this day, and I've watched other sporting events there Pretty much the bomb shelter is not glamorous. It's like someone's basement. <laughs> it's right below the bookstore restaurant in the harbor. So it's a lovely location. Uh, but it's sort of more about the memories and uh, knowing Steve the bartender for so many years who has had the same classic rock haircut for like 35 years and for some reason hasn't aged a day. It must be the, the darkness or the pickling or I don't know what the deal is, but... <laughs> That guy's always the same. Uh, they have some nice TVs, nothing fancy, but the drinks are pretty cheap, and it just holds some of my deep uh, Red Sox memories, and it's just so nice to be able to go down there now and not feel like you have to win because your life depends on it the way it did in 2004 when all of us were like, oh my God, <laughs> this, this is never going to happen, and then it's almost unhealthy to feel such joy. Now you can just sort of, hey, this is pretty good, have a beer, and so... I would try that out. Also, the Governor Bradford in Provincetown, mm-hmm. another great place to watch a game. Uh, you always make strange new friends around any sort of semi-successful sporting event, or even if it goes really badly. 
that kind of commiseration plus alcohol uh, yields relationships. You know, and you you're, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the places with the big TVs, the Dinos of the world, you know, those are awesome places to see a game, good experience. But the local bars, the dive bars, those are really the places because you do have that sort of kumbaya experience with folks. So I'll give a shout out and a little love to the Kettle Ho in my neighborhood. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Great, great place. You know everybody. You know Sarge. You know Gunny. You know D. Wayne. And they all know you. And some of them are standing and some of them are down on the ground. Um, but Everyone's enjoying the game, and uh, again, uh, TVs aren't huge, but but the conversations are lively, and it's a lot of fun to have that communal experience. You know, Red Sox hit a home run, the bell gets rung, and uh, you know that's that's a lot of fun. And plus, like you said, the walking home is uh, is is a key for any <laughs> local establishment. Oh boy, I hope those Sox can do it, fellas. I mean, you know, I don't even. Yeah, it's it's funny with the whole sports thing. We don't talk about a ton of sports, but I feel like I'm so spoiled now. I just sort of watch for the aesthetic joy. I am not nearly as sort of incredibly involved in it as I used to be, uh, but it's still a joy. It's nice to be watching baseball when it's chilly outside and cheering on your faves, but uh, I feel like we've come through the tough times already and it's all just gravy. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I'm with you. Speaking of gravy, gravy goes really great on hot tuna, <laughs> right? Hot Tuna, a legendary duo, is playing up at uh, the Truro Payomet Tent. That's at the old North Truro Air Force Base. And I was up there at a show recently, and it is really quite a venue. Uh, Kind of fun, kind of spooky out there. And Hot Tuna is a couple people. uh, Let's see, it's Jack Cassidy and Yorma Kakonin who used to be in Jefferson Airplane back in the day. So we're going way back to sort of the uh, early entrails of rock and roll. You built the city. Uh, Jefferson Starship and all that stuff. Uh, I saw Yorma once years ago, and he could really play. There's a couple tunes that I really uh, like. Hesitation Blues comes to mind. Keep on trucking, mama, truck my blues away. And so they're playing up there two real sort of elegant dinosaurs of rock and roll and acoustic music. That, and that has been an amazing spot. The Payomet, who just got a big grant from the state, I believe, we had a story this week, just keeps on bringing both young acts that are really exciting and some of the fogies that still are out there that you want to see before something happens to everybody because things happen. It's been quite a season out there, Payomet, and it, uh, it's getting a winding down with Hot Tuna. That's 7.30 on uh, Saturday night at the Payomet Performing Arts Center Old Dooline Road in North Truro. A spooky place, Mung. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned this area because, you know, it's three weeks before Halloween. We want to get you guys in the Halloween and spooky spirit. And this is one of our recommendations of a place to go to that will give you the heebie-jeebies. It's some sort of uh, Air Force uh, station, right, Eric? This is now uh, owned by the uh, Cape Cod National Seashore, part of the Cape Cod National Seashore. Uh, They have... um, tried for many years to sort of redevelop what was the North Truro uh, Air Force Base uh, and with some limited success, I'll say. There are some uh, buildings that have been rehabbed. There's the Payomet Tent, which has been a big success out there. A lot of the buildings are sort of uh, compromised by asbestos and other things, leading to difficulty in transforming the spot which also includes a neighborhood uh, of homes lived in by Air Force personnel with their kids back in the day. I think they went defunct around 1980-ish or so. And 
I think maybe the spookiest place on Cape Cod is that neighborhood of now completely derelict homes. You don't want to go in them, but you might want to walk by them. Oh, and, I love it. Dilapidated looks. Oh, it's, oh, it's, this like, is it's awesome. like it's like a Michael Jackson thriller neighborhood yeah. at the end when they're all doing the group dance and they're all like limping and zombie-ish and it's like that's where they're doing it. It or reminds me of one of your favorite way. shows, right, Paul? Walking Dead. Oh my god. Yes. I mean, it's like, you know, the visiting Alexandria and all of a sudden the zombies all come out of the house. And, <laughs> right. And Rick and the crew got to run or get on a horse or do something. That uh, place that's is That's wicked spooky. It's yeah. part of what they call the Woods Walk. It's actually an official walk of of the seashores and it's one you might want to make in broad daylight, although if you're daring... Go at, go at dusk. If you go at dusk, oh, yeah. you're going to be goosebumped out to the max. That's if what you, you want during the season. Walk through that. A little foggy October. Yeah, foggy, oh, man. cold night. Yeah. You're looking at a window that's all boarded up, and you're like, what am I going to see in that window? I've scared myself up there silly. Many a time, we feel the chill coming in, and the fog rolls through that neighborhood, and like... Is that door open? Is it creaking? Did I see someone behind that broken glass? Like you can, your mind can just petri dish out on you and form crazy germs of nutty paranoia. It's too much, but it also is delicious in a way. And so I would say, if you're thinking about going to Hot Tuna, maybe you should just skip the concert and go up the next day and walk through that crazy neighborhood. Uh, and then you can walk out into the woods and there's various places where there's like a helicopter pad and I think a place where they actually launched missiles at one point. You might run into the uh, coastal lab. Uh, there's a little wave laboratory out there on a bluff. Be careful because you could just fall right down like 70 feet to the beach and it would be a quick trip and an unpleasant one. But that, as Halloween starts to seep into our consciousness, and I'm already on my second jack-o'-lantern, that would be a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if people uh, are at the Wellfleet Oyster Fest a little too long, that sounds like the best place to just stay for the night. <laughs> just take your car, pull it over, maybe pitch a tent. It says you know? it's an Airbnb, Wonderful. honey. Let's yeah, just yeah. knock. Is anyone there? Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> Trick or treat for UNICEF. Oh, man. Well, keep listening to the Cape Cod Fun Show over the course of the next couple weeks. Eric and I are going to be giving you more recommendations for spooky places on the Cape, haunted things well, based on our adventures of the past. I mean, I would, if we're talking seashore and the Outer Cape, I just would throw in the Atlantic uh, White Cedar Swamp Trail mm-hmm. in South Wellfleet uh, because if you go there at dusk, you've already walked down a hill into this swampy, crazy land of boardwalks, standing water, cedar trees that kind of hang over you and almost look like they could start talking to you or reach down and grab you. You run around in there when it's getting dark, well, you might not make it back to your car. (laughs) Or you might make it back and then have a nice dinner. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. Cape has a lot of spooky places, Mung. We uh, We have to share these. We've been to many places before. And this time of year, oh. I'm already getting the shivers. Let's see, what else do we have here? I wanted to mention that I went on a kayaking expedition the other day. Myself and the fabulous uh, missus uh, put our kayaks in uh, right uh, at the dike on Chequesset Road going toward uh, Great Island and Duck Harbor and Wellfleet. And we actually paddled out amazingly and made landfall on Great Island and immediately claimed the entire area and started surveying it uh, for a new development called Krabby Meadows of McMansions. <laughs> so you guys, I could let you in cheap. Absolutely. But actually, it was my first time in a kayak in a long time. 
and I'd forgotten how exciting and challenging it can be to even go through any water that's slightly ripply. And once we got around the corner of Great Island into Wellfleet Harbor proper, the waves were coming in and we're riding them and luckily we're right next to the island so if things went wrong we could beach it. But amazing, the power of the water and the beauty of kayaking. This is a perfect time of year. And maybe it dovetails back into Paul's foliage theory, which has been the breakthrough thought of this program. See, foliage from the water. Whoa. It it really is a nice little calm stretch of water, some leaf peeping. Man, a little flask full of wine. Hard to beat. One of those wineskins. You can squirt people with it. Exactly. (laughs) Woo! Surprise! All right. uh, What else we got, fellas? Anything else to wrap up the show? Hmm. No, just working on my Halloween costume. Who knows what Mung will be this year? What are the contenders, Mung? I don't. I can't reveal that. But last year I was offered from The Handmaid's Tale, and two years ago I was the Stranger <laughs> Things wall. So we'll see. So get your Halloween costumes rolling. You only got three weeks. All right, folks. You've been listening to the Cape Cod Fun Show. I'm Eric Williams. Thank you, Mung. Anytime. Thank you, Paul. A pleasure. I want to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for his fantastic music that you hear during the broadcast. Till next time, until next week, boo, yikes, and see ya. Oh, man. They don't have those sound effects on your phone, do they? (laughs) 